All right, church, so take those Bibles and let's get them open. Uh, Make sure you make your way to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And as you're finding your way there, let me just start off with a basic understanding of a universal truth. And that is that it's important for us to recognize and to realize that every single one of us live our lives under authority. We're under authority. Yes, uh, our, our Lord and Savior rules and reigns over all of creation, but in this world, we live our lives under authority. No matter what age you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what position you find yourself to be in, we all live our lives under authority. And this is a, a principle that we need to understand as we look at our text this morning. Last week we covered verse number 1. And so after opening with a question and then giving us a statement that magnifies the value of wisdom, uh, the preacher shows us what wisdom does in dealing with people in authority. And so there are clues throughout this section that the king that's mentioned in this section may or may not exercise his governance in a godly way. In fact, Verse number 9 indicates that earthly authority is often abused. And so this passage is not just about the use of power, it also addresses the abuse of power. So it seems clear that from what the preacher had seen and experienced in his own life, that whenever one person has the power over another person, then there's a strong possibility that that power will be used in a destructive way. And so he now applies wisdom to a very specific area of life. And that is submitting to and following authority. And so whether that authority is the local government, whether it is our national leaders, whether it is our parents, our employers, teachers, or any other authority, the reality is that those that are in a position of authority do not always get things right. They don't. Sometimes people intentionally do things wrong. Other times uh, people make mistakes unintentionally. The reality is, as human beings, that we are imperfect because of our imperfection We are prone to periods of selfishness, uh, that we are prone to sinful behaviors. We are prone to do things and to say things that fall short of the glory of God. So with this in mind, as we work through this passage, it's important to know what the preacher says in verse number 5. Verse number 5, he says, For a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. And so let's, let's, let's discover how we're to live our lives under the authority of others. And so we begin in verse number 2. Verse 2 says, I say, keep the commands of the king because of the oath before God. And so what is the wise and godly way for us to live our lives under authority? Well, our first duty is obedience. That's why the preacher says to keep the command of the king. 
So the general principle here is that we are to submit to governing authorities. A wise servant will do what the king tells him to do. And there are several good reasons for obeying the king. But the most important reason is a theological reason. It says to keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. You see, our submission to authority on earth is an important part of our submission to the authority of Christ in heaven. They're connected to each other. So much so that Paul writes in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, he says, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation for themselves. So people will often wonder, are there any limits for um, obedience to authority in our lives? Must they always submit to governing authorities? Does it matter the circumstance or the situation? Are there times in life when it actually becomes my duty, my obligation to disobey authority? I think the simplest answer is given to us in Acts chapter 5. There, when Peter stood before the rulers of Jerusalem, who had just told them to stop preaching the gospel, to which his response in Acts chapter 5, verse number 29 says, we must obey God rather than men. So, yes, there are times when it becomes necessary for us to disobey authority. But... Those times, those situations, those circumstances are governed by the Word of God. And not our personal preference. They're governed by the will of our Father, not our personal opinions. And so what we have here in chapter 8 are some principles and guidelines that are given to us as we consider how to live under authority. And so the first principle I would highlight comes from verse number 3. It starts off and it says, do not be in a hurry to leave. So the first principle is don't be quick to leave. Right? Don't be in a rush to get out. A wise person uh, would respond cautiously and carefully. We're to continue to fulfill our responsibilities we should not be so so quick to escape so quick to run away from the presence of authority i want you to understand that this is the third time in uh, this writing that the preacher has warned us about acting quickly back in chapter 5 verse number 2 he says that do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of god Then in chapter 7, verse number 9, he says, Do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. 
Now he tells us here in chapter 8, verse number 3, do not be in a hurry to leave. You see, true wisdom responds rather than reacts. True wisdom reflects upon uh, the Word of God tries to seek things uh, from God's perspective and, and, and chooses the, the right and the proper course of action to take rather than reacting in the flesh, reacting in the moment, being hasty in, in our decisions and in our actions. In, in the cultural context, uh, a, a hasty departure was really a sign of disrespect. It was a way of turning one's back or, or giving the cold shoulder to a, an individual. And so the preacher is warning us not to be so quick to walk away from any authority. Make the connection with Romans, what, what Paul writes. Any authority that God has placed in our lives. Don't be so quick to walk away. And so how we express our, our disagreements or uh, with any authority that, that God has placed in our lives, how we express that demands much wisdom, grace, patience, love. So don't be so quick to leave. Principle number two would be don't join in the evil of others. Verse number three continues. It says, do not join in an evil matter. For he will do whatever he pleases. You see, when people are under the rule of a, an ungodly authority, it is tempting to respond. It is tempting to rebel in an unrighteous or an ungodly manner. Sometimes we, we respond by, by fighting evil with evil, but that's not what we're supposed to do. We fight evil with righteousness. And so there's a better way for us to, to respond, a better way for us to, to handle the circumstances in which we find our, ourselves. And if we're under the rule of, of an ungodly individual that's making uh, ungodly and unwise decisions, then there is a proper way for us to handle that situation. The preacher is going to address that for us. Before he does, he, he reminds us that uh, authority cannot be challenged without consequences. Look at uh, verse number 4. He says, Since the word of a king is authoritative, who will say to him, What are you doing? The king or the person in charge will typically and usually have the last word. They often have the power, the resources to, to enact their revenge upon anybody who might rise up to challenge their authority or question their decisions. And so with this in mind, a wise person will look at the consequences of their disobedience to authority. They will consider those consequences and will choose the best, most appropriate course of action to take that honors the Word of God, and the will of the Father. There's a reason, because look at verse number 5. It says, He who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble, for a wise heart knows proper time and procedure. I think everything that we've said up to this 
point can be appropriately summarized in, in one biblical proverb. And that proverb would be Proverbs chapter 24, verse number 21. And there it says, My son, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise. You see, there is an appropriate time, there is an appropriate way to respond in every situation. And so a wise person will seek to discover the proper procedure and the best timing and will then take the appropriate action. Because verse 6 says, For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight. In other words, the wise person, they know the, the right thing to do and the right time to do it. And yet, the preacher goes on to say, and says, though a man's trouble is heavy upon him, if no one knows what will happen, then who can tell him when it will happen? And so once again, we find ourselves up against the limits of, of, of earthly wisdom. Right? We're, we're limited in our knowledge, limited in our understanding. But a wise person has the sense and has the understanding of God's timing. This is in keeping with, with what the preacher has already said to us about how there is a time for every matter under heaven. There's a time for everything. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time to submit to authority, and there is a time to take a stand. Neither passion, pressure, pain, None of those things can force the wise person to act inappropriately towards authority. You see, wisdom waits patiently. Wisdom seeks the right opportunity to take the appropriate action. There are times in our lives, in response to poor leadership, bad decisions, whatever. There are times in our lives when the best thing for us to do is absolutely nothing. Sometimes the right course of action is simply to leave it as a matter for God and allow God to do what God will do. Allow Him to, to work things out. There are times when, when God will move upon us to act Likewise, there are times when God will move upon us not to act. A wise person understands a proper time and procedure and will realize that the proper time and procedure must be considered in everything that we do. It takes great discernment to know the right procedure and the right time. It is the impulsive person who overreacts. It is the impulsive individual that storms out of the room. That's kind of like what's happening in verse number 3. That's the, that's the action of the fool. That's the action of the unwise. And it often will do little to improve the circumstance or the situation. Remember from last week, wisdom helps us to, to see life from God's perspective and then to know the best course of action for us to take. Not only do we see 
Not only do we know, then based upon what we see from God's perspective and know from His Word, then we follow through with appropriate decisions. And so, the reality is, our attitudes affect our actions. When we have a Christ-like attitude, then we can make Christ-like actions in our lives. You see, when it comes to obedience to authority, whatever that authority is, when it comes to obeying authority, there is only one exception in which disobedience is accepted. And there's the one exception that we've already highlighted from Acts chapter 5. And that exception is when they command us to disobey the Word of God or the will of the Father. Even with that one exception, we should be careful on how we respond. Even with that one exception, doesn't mean that we can respond any way that we want to. Think about uh, going through the journey through, through the book of Acts. Think about Peter and John when they were beaten in Acts chapter 5 or Acts chapter 7 when when Stephen, as he was being stoned to death. Later in in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they were imprisoned after they had been stripped and, and beaten. All of these men went up against the enemies of God in total dependence upon the, the Heavenly Father, all of these men displayed the love of Christ to those that persecuted them. They still displayed the love of Christ. In their faithfulness to God, they remained respectful towards others. In Romans chapter 12, Paul writes these words and he says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless. Do not curse. That word bless, it's a Greek term from which we get our English word eulogy. It means to speak well of. Think about that. Speak well of those that persecute you. When we are verbally or physically attacked, when we are mistreated, insulted, overlooked, slandered, cursed, abused, neglected, injured. You see, our, our natural instinct is to fight back or to lash out at others. But that's not the action of a wise person. A wise person seeks the right course of action and the right time to respond. And they'll respond in a manner that reflects the glory of God. Bless those that make your life miserable. Speak well of them. Find something good in them to to acknowledge. Don't fly off the handle. Don't respond with their evil by doing more evil. That doesn't help the situation. Seek the Word of God. Understand what He's called you to do and how He's called you to live. Then rightfully respond in a way that honors and glorifies the Father. So in dealing with authority, don't be quick to leave. 
Don't be quick to join in the evil. Remember that authority cannot be challenged without consequences. Then we to we should keep in mind the the limitations of humanity. Keep in mind our limitations. Look at verse number eight. No man has authority to restrain the wind with wind or authority over the day of death. Uh, So the preacher is clear, right? Nobody has the ability to restrain, to control, or to stop the wind. We are unable to control the wind at all. But so it is with death. Like the wind, we are powerless to control it. We are powerless to stop it. Someday, we will all take our final breath. It's reality for each and every one of us. For some of us, that may be decades from now. Others, very well could be hours from this very moment. But whenever that that time comes, right, we can't miss it. We can't avoid it. We can't escape it. We can't postpone it. We can't reschedule it because it is beyond our control. And so just as no one can control the wind, no one can postpone their day of death, verse 8 continues and says, and there is no discharge in the time of war. There's a connection here. A soldier in wartime deals with the real possibility of death occurring at any moment. Of all people, a soldier is fully aware that they do not have knowledge over the future, nor do they have the power over the day of their death. They can't control either one of them. Nevertheless, a soldier must do what they've been commanded to do. Because they are under the authority of their commander. And in a time of war, the commander is not going to just let them go because life becomes difficult, because life becomes dangerous, or life becomes demanding. No, a soldier doesn't get to pick and choose which orders they feel like following. No, a soldier is not going to be released from their responsibility just because there's danger ahead. Like soldiers, we all are under the authority of someone else. We all face uncertain futures. None of us controls our destiny. None of us determine our days. And so a wise person is one that will submit and surrender all aspects of their lives unto Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Notice how verse number 8 ends. It says, An evil will not deliver those who practice it. That last phrase is vital to, to grasp and is worth repeating. Evil will not deliver those that practice it. You see, we must open our eyes and fully see the power of sin. The fool believes that they can dabble with sin or they can flirt with temptation and walk away from sin or temptation whenever they choose. Evil, wickedness, sin does not willfully 
or easily release its captives. So therefore, evil will not deliver those who practice it. Stay away from it. Flee from it. Don't flirt with it. Run away. Avoid it. Set up barriers and safeguards in your life. Take whatever necessary steps that, that need to happen in order to protect yourselves from, from the temptation or the thought of pursuing evil. And the preacher at this point, he makes a statement in verse number 9, and he says, All this I have seen and applied my mind to every deed that has been done under the sun, wherein a man has exercised authority over another man to his hurt. See, when it comes to oppression, when it comes to the abuse of power, people can either expose it, they can oppose it, but may you understand that in this world, we're never going to eliminate it. The abuse of authority is unfair, it is harmful, it is devastating, it is destructive, and unfortunately, it is a reality of life that's lived under the sun. But, the good news, the good news is there's coming a day when perfect righteousness will rule and reign forever. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 13 says, But according to His promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So, so we live with the hope of knowing that one day, Oh, one day the unfairness and the injustice that we see and experience will cease to exist. And when Christ returns, He will rule and reign with perfection. Perfect justice will prevail over every aspect of life. No partiality, no inequality, no injustice, no prejudice, no selfishness, just the perfect righteousness from our perfect Lord and Savior. But until that day, we must remember that our ultimate authority sits upon His throne in heaven. Obedience to those whom He has appointed over us is counted as obedience unto him. So if we are wise, we will cling to Jesus, our ultimate authority. If we are wise, we will trust in Christ for our salvation and for the deliverance of sin. If we are wise, we will rely upon the Savior to meet all of our needs. If we are wise, we will serve Him with all that we are and all that we have and we'll stop making excuses. If we are wise, we will love Him. And we will seek to walk in faithfulness according to His Word and according to His will. And in the wisdom of God, we will recognize those that are in authority over our lives. 
And we will walk in obedience, understanding that ultimately our, our allegiance belongs to Christ. That's it. We owe no other allegiance than we do to our Lord and Savior. He is the ultimate. He trumps everything. Personal note, this is why personal decision. I'm not saying this is uh, what everybody must do. I'm just saying this is what I do. So you can understand me. This is why I pledge allegiance to no one or no thing other than Christ. I stand in respect of our nation. I'll stand in respect of our flags, but I pledge no allegiance to our nation or to our Christ or to our flag because ultimately my allegiance belongs to Jesus. I'm not going to be split in my loyalty and my devotion. I am all in when it comes to living my life in submission to the authority of Christ over me. And I am thankful that I was born in this nation, in this country. I'm thankful for where I live. I'm thankful for the great state of Texas. When we were living and serving in Kansas, I would tell them that one day the Lord will send us back home to the promised land, this side of heaven, the promised land of Texas. He did. But my allegiance belongs to Christ. And I'll not share that with anyone or anything else. In recognition that ultimately God oversees all authority, all governments, all of that, then I'll walk in faithfulness according to His Word. And when it becomes necessary to take a stand, because what my nation, what my whatever, what the state is asking me to do, if it violates what the Word of God says to do, then there's a way that you disobey respectfully in obedience to the Word. Lovingly. Still displaying the, the love of our Savior in our actions and in our attitudes and in our words. So my hope for all of us is that ultimately today that we recognize that we live our lives under authority. Yep. And so how we respond to the authority in this world is closely connected to how we respond to the authority of Christ who's over all. So may we walk in faithful obedience to our Lord and Savior. And if you struggle with that, then may the peace of God fill your heart. May the word of God guide your steps. And may the love of God overflow in your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. God, thank you for the challenge and, and the awareness that we need to wake up and to realize that how we respond to authority in our lives is directly connected to our obedience unto you. God, help us to be faithful. Help us to be good wise servants. And when it becomes necessary to take a stand, God, help us to, to take that stand based upon your word and with much love, grace, and forgiveness. And in this moment, Father, I pray that your spirit makes known unto us decisions that ought to be made that would honor and glorify you. God, I pray that as we just continue to, to worship a little bit longer, as we have a time of response, that you would be pleased by what you see from your people today. We thank you. We love you. 
We commit this time unto you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.